Welcome to the Collective Perspective. This is a collaborative program with friends that share an interest in the truth as it is, not simply as we wish it would be. Tonight we interview Charlie Johnson, Vice President of the Pay It Forward Foundation, with Isaac Connor, Leanne Hively in Salako, Neil Whitelaw, and Walt Petrovsky. What if the world is just a big disappointment? Unless you take the things that you don't like about this world and you flip them upside down and you can start that today. That's me. And that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I'd do it for them. And they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do That's three more. Twenty-seven. So I, I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know. Yep. All right, all right, all right, all right. A little articulation, please. Yes. I think it's a good idea. Sean. It's stupid. Adam. It's the honor system. People blow off the honor system. So what? Just because you do. <laughs> well, Trevor, the class seems to think that you've come up with an overly utopian idea. Look that word up in a minute. Like a perfect world? It's almost like a chain. And it's and you start off at the top of one person, eventually it gets millions and millions, eventually billions of people. I think pay it forward is is that one thing that 6.9 billion people can be a part of. Whether you, you have money or whether you live off $2 a day, you can open a door for someone. You can make someone smile. You can, you can create something in their mind that makes them happier. Pay it forward. It's pure. It's genuine. It's simple. I don't know how many more times we can repackage a self-help book with five to ten steps of how to be a better person, how to be more successful, written by an author who probably did not even live those steps. What if there was a continuous reminder that could remind you to do good? And not only that, we don't want you to wear that bracelet all the time. We want you to wear it to get rid of it. We want you to do something nice to someone. We want you to remember to do something nice, that it's your turn to reach out to someone to help. And as soon as you're done, you take this off and give it to the person you just helped. So it creates that really simple ripple effect. I just don't understand why people don't wake up and want to help others. Charlie it's a part of the Pay It Forward Foundation, as well as the movement that most of us are aware of. And I personally found out about Pay It Forward because of the movie. And the first three times, as I was sharing with Charlie in a phone call, I cried like a little girl the first three times that I saw the movie. <laughs> and it, uh, it's just so profound. And, uh, um, yeah, I think it just really touches on something that's to the core of what it means to be a human being. And... Uh, about three years ago is when I got uh, heavily, well, heavily might be a strong word, but I got, I got strongly involved in the movement in that I, uh, I ordered the bracelets for, 
from the foundation and went about into parks and communities on Pay It Forward Day and passed them out. Uh, I got a lot of bizarre looks from people who thought I was selling something. And, uh, but it was interesting to watch that, that change. Uh, having a sales background, I'm used to going up to strangers and uh, basically trying to get something from them. And in this case, I was not trying to get anything from them at all. So to watch that, that look on their face that says, oh boy, what am I about to be sold? To change into um, kind of like, it was like the doors opened in their eyes after I actually told them what I was doing. And so I went about doing things like that as well as going through tolls and paying for the person behind me or the grocery store. Just whatever I could do to make it feel like I was paying it forward. And uh, I've had it happen to me uh, a couple times in the past three years. But uh, anyway, Charlie's the vice president of the foundation, so I'd like for Charlie to uh, give us an idea of who he is and who he is in Pay It Forward. So please, Charlie. Um, well, I, I, I kind of like you, the movie. The, the movie is really what kicked it in for me. I was, I was 20 at the time when it came out. Um, I was negative. I hated my parents, hated my job, hated everything about the world. Everyone was wrong but me. And, and there's just a few scenes in the movie that made it that just changed how I viewed the world. Um, as a kid, you, you grow up needing permission for everything. You need a permission to have a cookie. You need permission to play games. You need a permission to play with your friends. And I think we kind of fall into that with the same thing for good stuff. Um, that movie showed me I didn't need permission to give away something or give money or to help someone or make someone smile. And um, <clears throat> it just changed. So from there on, we always did pay it forward stuff. Uh, one of the big things, I, I don't know whoever, who taught it to me or whoever brought it up, but um, if you really want to know who an individual is, take them to dinner and watch how they treat a waiter. Well, that's something where I became very big in people watching. And I, I really... I didn't, I didn't like how people treated waiters. I didn't understand because one was sitting and one was standing that they wouldn't catch eye contact or they would treat them like a servant or they, I just, I really didn't like that relationship. So we always left uh, big tips even before we had money. And we'd always write a little note on the receipt that said, um, have, I hope you have a better day. Here's a good size tip, blah, 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 pay it forward. Well, you know, as well as I do, it's just a receipt. And that piece of paper was more than likely lost, torn up. I'm sure it impacted some, but everyone just went on their day. Uh, about four years ago, uh, we created, I'm sure you guys can see this, uh, is the pay it forward bracelet that you were talking about, Isaac. And uh, it started out with a few hundred and a few thousand. And, and you talked about how a lot of people thought you were weird with that. That's the best thing about the bracelet is it takes a very awkward situation between the receiver and the giver and let, allows them to be okay with what just happened. And why a 10 cent piece of silicone from overseas in China does that, I can't tell you, I'm not gonna lie to you, but it does, it does. It just has this profound impact that to physically as the giver to have to touch this and give it and say, this is why I did this. And for the receiver to reach out, touch you and take it, um, it just turned into something powerful. So it went from a couple thousand to 10,000 to 100,000 to hundreds of thousands to countries to everything. And um, to date, we've sent over 1.1 million of them to 113 countries. And uh, <clears throat> those bracelets were um, actually out of our own pocket. 
that is something that I'm, I'm a big believer in, in uh, leading by example. So I didn't want to charge for the bracelets. I didn't want to make money off the bracelets. So we found a way to make sure that these 1.1 million bracelets uh, were produced, shipped, and made it to the hands of the unbelievable amounts of requests we have um, received. So 1.1 million, 113 countries. Um, I was fully engulfed in my business that I had for 15 years. And about two years ago, uh, the foundation had requested that I be the president of the foundation two years in the future. So at that point, I was, again, fully engulfed in my business. That was all I cared about, money, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, when two years comes around, I'll just tell them I'm busy and it won't work out. Well, uh, it's amazing what has changed in the past two years. I, uh, I just kind of – something was pushing me in a different direction. And I didn't feel the same I did at work that I used to. I didn't have the same passion. I didn't have the same drive. And it just so happens that 11 months ago, I, I walked away from my business <clears throat> and an amount of money that would make it so I'd never have to work again. And it just so happened that the two years that they asked me to take over was this January. And I was eight months removed from my business that I had known for half of my life, and it felt right. So it's, it had a really weird way and coincidental way and just crazy way of working out. But um, yeah, I left the company and we, we gave this movement direction. I think the one thing it's been lacking is someone to really give the movement, the foundation direction, to respond to all emails, to respond to all requests, to respond to all the people who want to get involved, give them a way to get involved, um, <clears throat> and just be – kind of like that moth to a flame, create such an amazing movement that people just want to be a part of. So here we are. Uh, we've got amazing momentum. Um, as I speak to you guys today, tomorrow we leave for Europe uh, for over a month for nothing but pay it forward talks and speeches and events and meetings and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we just were 100% involved. We gave up everything to, to really – push this movement forward because it it's as simple and as genuine and as pure as it gets. And I think that's uh, what the world needs right now. Mm. You say that something was pushing you in a different direction. Can you expand on that a little bit? No, you know, I, I get a lot of people who, who ask that or ask why, or what are we doing this for? Or why is it so important? I, I, I can't tell you, man. Um, it just, I'm the type of person that goes off gut and it's done well for me so far. And uh, my gut tells me that when I wake up, this is what we should be doing. So um, I'm not a very, you know, I'm not a religious person. I grew up in the Mecca of Mormonism here in Salt Lake City. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not religious. Um, never, I actually have never been to church in my life. So um, I don't know, man. I don't know what that something is. It just, all I can tell you is that it feels right. So where was the where was the movement at the the time that uh, that you entered into it, and how did you become a part of the movement? The movement was basically fragmented all across the globe. A lot of people, such as you and I, and millions of others, loved the movie, loved the message, but that's what it was. It was a, an idea, and right now we're consumed with so many impressions every day, and so many ideas, and life, and work, and spouse, and kids, and billboards, and TV ads that it just got pushed to the background. Um, 
<clears throat> so when I entered into it, sort of say, was the bracelet. Uh, that kind of got Catherine. She's the author of the book and the starter of the foundation. That got her attention when we started getting into the hundreds of thousands of bracelets. Uh, she asked me to be on the board, and I was just tickled pink that she even noticed us and what we were doing. So we jumped on the board, and uh, to be honest, and the board will, will be okay with me saying this, nothing happened. Uh, there was no direction. Uh, Catherine is an amazing author. Uh, as she will admit to, she doesn't like to run foundations, and that's not her thing. So there was really no one saying, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going. This is what we need to do. This is how we're going to do it, and let's do it. There was just a bunch of great people with great ideas that weren't getting implemented. And I was 26 or 27 at the time, and um, I was the young kid, so I didn't really feel like I, I had I – I didn't feel right st- – speaking up and saying, my God, I mean, what are we doing here? There's nothing getting accomplished year after year. Can we do something? So after two or three years of that, I progressively started not agreeing with how I was at work and agreeing with that lifestyle. And I became more vocal in the movement. I became more vocal with the foundation. And it was just a slow progression of feeling okay with saying, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to change this logo and we're going to add this website and I got – all the board members loved it. They loved that someone was finally taking their idea. They would give us a great idea. They would. They loved that someone was implementing it. They loved that someone was responding, and they're just so excited that there's direction. There's something actually physically getting done, and uh, not only were they excited things were getting done, we had stuff to back it up. You see our website. You see all the press. You see us going over to Europe. You see more people getting involved. They see it in their communities, even without you know being a couple of people removed. So um, they're excited. And so, for people that you do run into, or you can tell me, perhaps you don't actually run into anyone like this, but for people that you run into that have never heard of Pay It Forward, how do you succinctly tell them what it is? Um. Well, we we always go to the tried and true. Have you seen the movie? No, I have not. Have you read the book? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, so what is pay it forward? It's simply doing something nice for someone and asking nothing in return other than asking them to do the same for someone in the future. That's it. There's no ulterior motive. We're not trying to sell you anything. It's just simply being kinder. And, you know, you talked about how you got the bracelets back in 08 and 09 and people gave you weird looks. Well, those weird looks are few and far between now. WXPI 88.5, independent radio for open minds. Those looks are becoming fewer and far in between because because of what's happened since 09 with the economy, with how everyone's had to cut back, with all the crap, all the politicians, all the economy, all the government. People are ready for change. People want something new. People want purpose. People want more than just going to work to pay a mortgage. They want, they want what they do for their kids, for their family, for their neighbors, for the people they cross paths with. They want their actions to mean something. So now when you describe it, we're getting more people saying, oh, dude, I've lived my whole life like that. Or, oh, random acts of kindness. Yeah, I know that. Or, yes, I have seen the movie. Or, oh, yeah, I love that. I mean, so – you just want me to hold the door open for someone, and, and that's powerful. Yeah. So people, people, I think the fact that we're really breaking it down to simple things like break, you know, holding the door open, um, really gets a lot of people involved. 
because the movie was based off one helping three, helping nine, 27, 81, 254, all over. And I think a lot of people love that, but also a lot of people think, well, I can only help one right now. I can't help three, so I'm not going to help any. Well, we want to move in the direction that these little acts, even one at a time, done by tens of millions of people over time, are not little anymore. So we're kind of moving in the direction of if you can do something now, even if it's tiny, then do it. Thomas Weller has two gardens, one in his backyard where he grows morning glories and other plants. Those are going to be beautiful flowers. And one on the highway. Here we go. Where he sows the seeds of kindness. There's too much anger and distrust and fear out there. I'd like the world to be a better place. To that end, Tom patrols the highways of San Diego in his Ghostbuster-inspired rescue vehicle, rescuing people like Mr. Frazzled and Ms. Frustrated here. The couple was overheated, as was their car. It don't look good. Not good. Fortunately, this was their lucky day. A mechanic by trade, Tom is prepared for just about any roadside emergency. This is way better than AAA. He helped this couple first find their spare tire. I never would have figured out you unscrew it. Then change it. Of course, eventually, people always ask him, why are you doing this? To which Tom responds without saying a word. He gave me a card that says, assisting you has been my pleasure. I ask for no payment other than for you to pass on the favor by helping someone in distress that you may encounter. It's the same message Tom first heard 40 years yeah. ago. Almost word for word. After he plowed his car into an Illinois snowbank. And I probably would have froze there if this fellow hadn't stopped and helped me. Since then, Tom has paid the favor forward more than 5,000 times. He's a strapping young man. He could have changed his own tire. Sure he could have. But then I wouldn't have had the fun of doing it for him. Wow. <laughs> Tom says it's a great feeling. Of course, on rare occasion, some other good Samaritan will beat him to the punch. In fact, that happened not long ago. And Tom actually asked the do-gooder why he had stopped to help this particular stranger. He said four months earlier, his wife had a blowout on the freeway. And somebody stopped to help her. And he said, by the way, thank you for doing that for my wife. Obviously, somebody had read his card. So you saw it all that's come full circle. That's my garden growing. Yeah, that's your garden growing. And who knows how many other offshoots have come from this devoted gardener who plants seeds of good deeds in the fallow field of the American freeway. Thank you very much. You're wonderful. Steve Hartman, Thank you. CBS News, San Diego. You know, you also mentioned uh, about the changes that happened with the economy and mentioning uh, everyone is frustrated with politicians, etc. And in our conversation before today, you had made reference to Occupy Wall Street as an example, uh, an anecdote toward your, your point was in our conversation at the time. There, there are many who listen to this program, who are part of the station, just part of the show in general, who do support Occupy. Not that I want that to color what you're about to, to share, but because um, we'd much rather have your honest opinion. But uh, can you... Can you tell us what you think about that as a group that perhaps is trying to also implement change? No comment. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. 
No, I, I, like I've always, like I told you and I tell everyone. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, my, my battery's dying here. Um, I, if, if you don't like something and you are willing to stand up for it, I am all for it. I have nothing against any one of these movements, anything. I just don't, the it's, it's just, to me, it's, it's negative energy. It's like the anti-bullying campaigns. I think it does more harm than it does good. Uh, Occupy Wall Street. They will, to me, what I've seen and um, what I've heard and what I've heard people talk about it here in Utah, you know, Occupy Salt Lake, and which is probably tiny compared to the other cities. Um, <clears throat> they will sure as hell tell me what they're against, what they don't like, who they want to tear down, what they want to change. But you ask them what they're for and you, you get crickets. And I have no problem with anything. I'll never tell anyone not to do anything. I just I, I kind of like the Mother Teresa. She'll go to a pro piece, but not an anti-war. Um, the anti-bullying. When we go in and give these kids something good to do, these teachers love it. They lose their damn minds. They love that these kids are focused on something good rather than someone coming in saying, don't bully, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't get pregnant, don't, 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 don't. The human curiosity kicks in and wants to know why. This adult, this teacher, this celebrity is telling me why not to do this. Is it really that bad? Is it really going to get me in trouble? And I personally think anything anti, I just, I'm not a fan of. That's that's my opinion. I like giving someone something good. So Occupy Wall Street, no problem with it. That's what they're for and that's what they want to do. Great. Do they have a solution to what they don't like? Because I don't have a problem with a CEO making more than more money than me. I think if you don't like a CEO making more money than you, then you need to figure something out and find out some way to make that money if that's what you want. If you don't like that they lie to you, then go create something better and don't listen to them. If you don't like something about the government, then let's create something better. If you don't like something, I just – I don't think bad or evil is ever going to go away. I don't think lying's ever going away. I don't think the devil's going away. I don't think – Corruptness is ever going away. I don't even think that's a word. I just think if we can figure out some way to focus more on the good and creating something better, that the bad and the evil will kind of just get ignored. But it's always going to be there. It's never, you know, we always talk about fighting cancer and fighting this and fighting that. I just think we need to change that up. We need to change into something of creating something better. You might think only in a place called Loveland. May I have? A single venti. Could generosity pour out in the form of a venti cafe latte? There you are. You have a great day. Thank you so much. It's in this drive-through at this Starbucks in Loveland, where more and more people are picking up a story like the one Lindo Green now tells. We pulled up to the window, and when we get to the window, the girl in the window says uh, there's no charge today. The woman in front of him had already paid his bill. It almost kind of took my breath away for a minute. It was such a wonderful surprise, you know, out of the blue. Green then decided to pay for the person behind him. Well, I jokingly said, well, this was paying it backwards. Anything else for you today? Julia Domasino says she used to see this kind of gesture only once in a while. But now she says for reasons she can't explain, it's becoming darn near common. I've seen a woman cry. I've seen 15 cars at one time, like it go through 15 cars. 
Now, the Black Cup here in town has seen similar random acts of kindness. So it's not only happening at Starbucks, and it's not only happening in Loveland either. Over the weekend, a woman was in the checkout line at the Walmart in Greeley. And when she went to pay, the cashier told her that the man ahead of her had put $20 towards her bill. The way our economic world is kind of in the pits right now, I think something like this just shows how many good people are out there. It also shows that when it comes to the ultimate pick-me-up, coffee can't hold a candle to the human heart. Uh, Leanne, what are your thoughts so far? You're an opinionated person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's a great introduction. We're all, we're all opinionated. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> he just means I talk a lot. That's all he means. Um, this is just the philosophy that I've always lived my life by anyway. Um, I, I think it was mainly just because I was raised um, with the mindset that we're always supposed to do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. And I've always had common courtesy and something that's always um, been able to get to me when a lot of things don't get to me. But one thing that absolutely gets to me is how other people are so callous in the way that they treat others. Not always, but you run across it quite a bit. And I know it has a lot to do with how busy our lives are and how everybody's rushing to get nowhere. And um, so we don't have a lot of compassion for others. And Isaac and I have had many conversations about this, actually. Um, I think that the more you try to remind people that kindness goes a very, very long way, then that impacts people to hopefully think about it when they interact with people. And hopefully some of the people that I serve at work will actually think of that at some point, but usually they're drunk, so they don't. Um, but, you know, here's to hoping. Um, is there a place on the website, because I've been looking right now, where I would be able to order bracelets to be able to pass them out? Yeah. Uh, are, are you at the... Are you at payitforwardday.com or pifexperience.org? Uh, hold on. I'm going to get back to it. Actually, now I'm at the Pay It Forward Experience um, at the blog. I was, um, I'm looking over different blog articles right now. If, if you go to the homepage of the pifexperience.org, there are like four or five tabs up top, and one of them is PIF Bracelet. And you can go there. It'll give you an email address and all that good stuff. Okay, awesome sauce. Thank you. No problem. And excuse me if it wasn't the most coherent uh, sentences there. I work third shift, so I've only had a few hours sleep, and sometimes I have a tendency to ramble anyway. But I hope everything came across clearly that I was trying to say. Yes, it did. Thanks. And, uh, Walt, if you are nearby, I just figured I'd take a shot that maybe you are nearby. Um, what were your thoughts on... Uh, on the, just the explanation of what Pay It Forward is, and then also uh, with his thoughts on Occupy. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And firstly, just the, the idea of the anti-anti, I guess, is what Charlie is saying. How you're, that, that is a very interesting perspective. And I, I really, uh, I, I take that to heart because... Uh, there's there's so many groups that are against things, but not really 
as many groups, you know, promoting, you know, things. So I, I do, I do like that. Um, and as far as the, the sub summarization of pay it forward, excuse me, it seems, it seems wonderful. Um, I'm, I do need to watch the movie. I, I did not, uh, did not see that yet. And I'm, I'm also browsing. I know if you if you get emotional over it, crying, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely want to, I, I think I'm missing out on something. So I, the, it, the concept is wonderful, compassion, and, you know, we're, we're all in this together. You know, we're all the same, you know, blood and, and, and spirit, you know, we're all, we're all the same. And even, you know, down to the, the creatures, you know, so I, I, I like what you're saying so far. And Neil, you, you mentioned about the code of humanity. Would you care to expand on that for us? Uh, yeah, I've been involved for a number of years with a group called uh, the Creative Group. It has a website, and we have uh, sent out at no charge or cost uh, over 13 million Code of Humanity bookmarks all over the world, printed in I don't I don't know maybe a dozen languages now, something like that over a hundred countries. Uh, the responses have been incredible. And it was started with just a dozen people um, who printed up this uh, bookmark. And then someone said, uh, oh, that's really great. I'm going to put it up on the Internet. And uh, here we are, 13 million uh, Code of Humanity bookmarks sent out all over the world. Kind of amazing to us. And what are, what are the general, uh, I don't know, their tenets of the Code of Humanity? It's about, uh, it's 10 positive choices that... Uh, uh, people can choose to make and then uh, the website goes into other bookmarks and other other things along the same line like uh, I think the first uh, statement of the of the uh, 10 points in the code of humanity is uh, I choose education over ignorance so it's all positive statements instead of uh, uh, things you should it's not thou shalt it's the thou shall or I choose to do such and such WXPI 88.5, independent radio for open minds. First time I walked up here and told them kind of what I want to do, they looked at me and they went, you what? And, you know, I'm like, I want to pay for some people's gas. You know, and it was great because of the fact of the matter is just the reaction that you get. It's <laughs> all right, man. I'm still like, like, pay it forward. Do something nice for somebody else. You know, do what you can in your budget for somebody else. You know what? You're doing a good thing tonight. I really appreciate that. No problem, man. A couple of ladies were just about to burst in tears from the joy, I guess, and just, just by, like, I don't know, being amazed that someone was doing that. Really? Yeah. That's cool. All I ask, just do something nice for somebody else, man, all right? Okay. I'm David. Nice to meet you. So. I got uh, 89. A lot of people do this for other people yeah. and you know if in your own way if you can pay it forward for somebody else then to me i've done my job yeah so paying it forward yeah you can see like one guy he was almost in tears because of the fact of the matter is is he goes i've had a really crappy week and you know this just really made my day
And, and you know, and it, when you see a grown man almost in tears over something like this, it really hits home. You know, and it's, yeah, it's 50, 60 bucks, but the feeling will last a lifetime. I gotta say is just pay it forward. Do something nice for somebody else sometime. And it's just random. I might pick, we might have four cars pull in. I might pick all four and I might have four cars pull in and I might not pick any. I try and judge people without judging them. You know, I try and look at the people and say, are these people that I, in my opinion, would, you know, do like I ask and pay it forward. Do something nice for somebody else. And if I can answer that yes to that, then I go from there. It's phenomenal, you know. When you donate to a nonprofit, yes, it goes to a good cause. But you don't get the feeling that I get by doing it this way. Money can't buy happiness, but what you can do with the money can buy happiness. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for somebody paying forward to me. And now that I have the opportunity to pay forward to somebody else, that's what I'm doing. You know, one of the things that Charlie and I um, read on when we were talking was, you know, at some point, hopefully, in everyone's evolution, in their walk through life, they, they reach a point where they realize that just serving themselves and their immediate or more carnal needs, um, it, it stops feeling like it's really serving you. And at least that's something that's happened for me and it's happened for other, uh, other, other peers of mine who hold similar, I would say, spiritual ideals. But at some point, truth becomes very important and, and you, you see that the, the most basic truth really is how are we treating one another? And, you know, politics comes up a lot with this show if politics never enters the equation and you're just generally getting to know people, oftentimes the, the people that will make you feel the greatest or the people that you can guarantee you can count on for a great laugh or a great thoughtful conversation are people who, who would be otherwise diametrically opposed to you in, in those arenas. And uh, so, Charlie, with regard to that, since you and I both agree that what, how we treat one another seems to be the most important thing we can really do on this planet. What, what do we do then when we do come to the place where politics or talking with people that have different points of view comes up? And we're not, we don't want to have necessarily conflict that will disrupt everything, but we want to have critical conversation and share those thoughts. What, what do you think? This is where I just, I don't understand it because, um, if you're talking to a human being who doesn't believe in the same things you do, so what? Why in God's name do we continuously have to prove that person wrong? Why? Why? I don't get that. I've never why, – why can't we just be? Politics, like you talked about we talked about on the phone a couple – last week, politics isn't about doing what's right. It's about making sure the other side's wrong. And that's why there's a gridlock in Congress. That's why there's a gridlock in the Senate. That's why no one – could you imagine if these guys got along just a tiny bit better? Could you imagine what we could get accomplished by compromising just a tiny bit more? Could you imagine well, – the Rep Republican could come to a Democratic Party and say, I've got, I've got 
cancer cured. You know what that Democrat Party's going to do? They're going to try and poke holes in his idea. It could be proven a hundred times by Republicans. Democrats are going to try and prove that wrong and vice versa. The Democrat could come in and say, you know what? I've got the economic crisis. It's going to solve everything. It's been proven. It's, it, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do this. It's, it's, it's going to help everyone. It's going to help Republicans, Democrats, everybody. And that Republican or whoever they're talking to is going to try and disprove that. Why? What happened to it is not the same thing with the anti. It rolls all along that. What are we against? What are we not for? What are we going to tear down? What don't we like? Who are we going to prove wrong? What the hell happened? What are we for? What do we want? What do we want to create something better? Politics, not a fan. I just don't get why you were, you know, you were talking about your friend, how they had a great conversation. Then a year down the road, they found out they're Republican, but that changes your view of that person. Why? If I find out someone's Muslim or Christian or Mormon or an atheist, or I just don't have that gene in my body. I don't care. I don't know why we have to do that. I don't know why we continuously have to have a certain label. I mean, what were we all taught as kids by our parents? To be nice to every single individual that crosses our path. Male, female, old, young, fat, skinny, black, white, any religion, non-religion, this, that, whatever. If you are, as a kid, as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, if you are mean to someone, you get scolded. You are in trouble by your parents. What happened from the ages of five until the ages of when we're a parent? Why did we lose that? What happened? Why, why as soon as someone walks through the door, do we start judging their clothes, their color, their skin, the tall, their fat, their skinny? <clears throat> That's something I just – I don't get. I really don't get why – why is it not okay for someone to have a different opinion? I just – I don't get that, and I don't have an answer for it. You know, I, I have a couple things you said there that really stood out. One is it seems as though, uh, at least in the, the Western world, because I can't really speak for for others in my experience, there's there's a need to find the other. And oftentimes, if, if people have a common hatred or a common enemy, it bands them together. So I wonder if perhaps needing to have an other is, is a, a survival mechanism. Not to say that it's correct, but... Uh, perhaps yeah. in the Western world in, in a, a society that has been that has changed from what I would call capitalism to corporatism, where the government and business um, are, the, are the same thing now virtually. And there's more of a push toward being a, a rugged individual and not, you know, who cares if you step on somebody else? That's just business. And so I wonder if perhaps that culture has invaded um, more of our lives than we are aware of. What do you think? Oh, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I fell into that same trap. I fell into get to the top by any means necessary, and one casualty saves ten. And um, if someone doesn't, if some, that person doesn't do it, then I'll do it. Or if I don't do it, someone else would do it. So I. I yeah, I completely agree. I, we are so consumed with with work and business and the office and making to the top and what our boss thinks that – I mean we, you look at everything. Everything we worry about is almost completely backwards. We're more concerned about what our boss thinks about us than 
when we come home and our wife or husband thinks about us. If our wife and husband is mad at us, oh, they'll get over it. If our boss is mad at us, we lose our freaking minds. If we're going to be late to work, we're stressed out. But if we're going to be late to a family party, nah, don't worry about it. We, everything, if you look at everything we talk about, when it comes to that deathbed time or when it comes to figuring out how things, uh, what we truly love or what we truly want in our lives, when, you, when everyone speaks about that or you put them off into a corner or they talk about what they really love, what they truly love, they usually treat like that. What they don't like, they usually give the most respect because they're scared to death to lose that job, which supports what they love. But when they go home, they treat them like that. Mm. I, I, I agree. I agree that it, 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 it hasn't invaded. It's just become a habit. It's become a habit in life. It's become a habit in family. It's become a habit in corporate, in government. It's, it's become a habit in everything. It's, it's survival right now because of everything that's going on with the economy and everything in the world. Survival. Leanne, would you share that point of view that you typed? I just said uh, anyone who has had children knows that babies and small children are oblivious to the needs of others. Their needs and wants are top priority. Although it is obvious that we all have natural levels of empathy and compassion, it is up to a combination of parenting, life circumstances, experiences, and a conscious decision which determines how we view those around us as we mature and how we treat those we come into contact with. But I do want to stress here um, about the natural levels of empathy and compassion because it seems to me that a lot of people, um, well, everybody is born with different levels of that naturally containing. There are those who who become injured because they know that they've injured somebody else, and there are others who have remained in a state of infancy when it comes to their um, empathy and compassion. So it doesn't it doesn't seem to affect them when they have affected somebody else in any way, good or bad. But it's it's definitely um, it, it changes. I look at myself, and I mean, it used to be where I put myself out a lot. I would rather be injured than hurt somebody else because it had hurt me more to know that I had inflicted pain on others, and that's how I was throughout my entire childhood. In the process, I set myself up for an entire lifetime of putting myself on the back burner and always putting other people first because it actually inflicted pain on me to know that somebody else was hurting. And you know very well how my marriage went and the type of interactions that I've had throughout my entire life, and I'll be 36 in a couple of weeks. So um, I had to do a lot of evaluation and finding a nice middle ground on that. And then I come across people who haven't seemed to embrace uh, empathy, kindness, compassion, putting themselves into other people's shoes at all. The only thing that they really seem concerned about first and foremost is themselves. And of course, there's a whole collection of everything in between when it comes to uh, the way that people view their importance and their the importance of their feelings in relation to the importance of other people and the feelings of others. You know, you also had something to interject there. Uh, yeah, there's um, there's a whole movement that's been afoot for quite a while that I call the uh, goodwill movement, or the will to good, or the will to God is another way of saying it. That. Uh, encompasses people in all the walks of lives, all divisions, Democrat, Republican, and so on like that, to do something that's in the nature of, of goodwill. Uh, the movement that Charlie's involved in is definitely 
a goodwill movement. And uh, there's a lot of this going on, but it's kind of behind the scenes. We don't see it in the headlines. But there may be as much of that goodwill movement as there is the opposite. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess, Charlie, that's probably not your concern, whether or not there is uh, the antithesis to, to pay it forward movement. Yeah, I, I, I think that goes along with, you know, earlier in the conversation. Um, I don't want to really think about that that much. Not, not only not really not think about it, but I don't want to pay them that attention. If, if that's what they're choosing to do, then that's fine. You can go off in all these different directions. And I've probably gone off in a direction that probably doesn't even answer the question you guys are talking about. But what it boils down to is what we want to do with Pay It Forward and this simple movement is we just want people to be nicer. So forget, forget everything. No matter if you're five years old or 85 years old, forget everything that's happened for yesterday beyond. Forget it. Let's take today or tomorrow and just basically start over. WXPI 88.5, independent radio for open minds. Let's find some way to get a fraction or a bigger group or even a larger group or millions more people to maybe they don't do something tomorrow that's going to help the world. Maybe they think about doing something. But the day before they they thought the world was just cold and cynical and they didn't want to do anything, they wanted to harm more people than they wanted to do good. I just want the whole rising tide brings up all ships. I want basically to just forget about it. Whatever's happened's happened. And let's just try to find some way to hold a door open, to smile more, to think differently. Just find those simple little tiny things that can possibly, and I'm not any under any delusion that this is guaranteed, that they could possibly make their life better and then make the life of someone around them better. And then the next day, two days after that, maybe the chances of them smiling more increase. And then maybe a week down the road, they hold that door open. And then maybe a month down the road, they do something even bigger. And yes, this is completely utopic and idealistic and all that stuff. And most people, when we get into these conversations and I get way off in left field or right field, they look at me and I'm sure some of you are thinking the same thing right now. And they say, you know what? <clears throat> That's just not going to happen. The world's just not that way. It just doesn't work that way. There's just too much power the other way. There's just too many people that don't want that to happen. There's just too much negativity. There's too much this, too much that. And my only response to them is, is it at least not worth a shot? Is what we're doing, whether you agree with us or not, whether you think it's going to make an impact or not, is it at least not worth a shot with what we're doing? Is it not worth trying to make people better? Is it not worth trying to make this world just a tiny bit better in the chances of more people jumping on board tomorrow and then the week and then a month and just kind of shifting us slowly back in a better direction? Free Coke, ice cream, or even a crepe. It makes the day even better. It's all about being in the right place at the right time in Bend on Wednesday for a random act of kindness. We're buying ice cream and sodas for you today. 
Staff from Umqua Bank were all over town, part of their random acts of kindness day, perhaps providing a little inspiration straight from Hollywood. That's neat. That's three people. And I'm going to help them. The movie Pay It Forward made the concept famous. One person does something random and nice, and it starts a wave of good deeds. There's no arguing it's nice, getting a free ice cream on a hot summer's day. But is it really like the movies? Does anyone really pay it forward? Someone paid for my coffee, and then I paid for the coffee behind me. After a friend comes into some unexpected money. My girlfriend just bought us all pizza. Okay, not exactly examples that will change the world, but the good cheer did spread across Bend, from Dutch Brothers. That's awesome. To the crepe place. Well, it's just nice to see people giving things, especially in a tough economy. To the last stop, Riley's Market in Northwest Crossing. It puts a smile on people's faces for sure. And while some may be skeptical of the approach. I think people are wary of getting something for free, like it's not really true. Most find even being on the giving end is enough to inspire a smile. When you hand a little kid an ice cream and their face lights up, it speaks volumes. Today's favorite came from Rachel in Michigan. She writes, last week a local business owner in Charlevoix paid for everyone's meal and tip at a popular diner in town. When patrons would ask for their bill, they would just get a note saying, your meal and your service gratuity are the treat of an anonymous business owner today. All he asks is that you consider doing something kind and unexpected for someone else in the next week, or perhaps take the money you would have spent and contributed or spend it elsewhere in our community. Rachel goes on to say, it was such a hit, many people are doing just that, giving it back and paying it forward. The community of Charlevoix would like to thank this business owner for his kind gesture during this tough time. One year, one goal. Change the world. And it all starts with a cup of coffee. News Force Liz Wagner has a story of one man's quest to spread kindness around the globe this year. Hi guys, how are you today? Just so you know, I'm paying for your coffee. But there's a condition. There's a condition. You have to do something nice for somebody this year. Okay. Steve Hatcher's plan to make a difference. I mean, I guess it was just instinct, really just the Lord, you know, just helping me out, you know, so he, the Lord just gave me the strength just to catch him. Whether it was instinct or a higher power, Travis Shannon saved a mom, dad, and their five-day-old baby you know, girl. It, it was Somebody great. Was screaming, saying fire, fire, so when I automatically ran get. this way. Work. Right here, <laughs> it's all right, man. It was a quick pit stop. I stopped in for a, for a shake for somebody and just a few minutes yeah, and uh, finish up my day. Minutes earlier, a grandmother had pulled into the drive-thru here with her 10-year-old grandson. I'd like the world to be a better place. I have to head out, but I wanted to thank Charlie for coming on and speaking with us today. I also want to wish you um, a very safe and productive trip. And I'm hoping that we would be able to speak with you again after this trip at some point. I'd like to, uh, there, there are a lot of more questions that I'd like to ask and um, I, I would just really enjoy it if we got to speak with you again at some point. Yeah, awesome, anytime. Thank you. Mm. Thanks. And right. thank you, Leanne. Have a good night. Um, you too, bye. And also, Charlie, uh, you know, talking about when you got involved with the movement, how there were uh, there were all these fractured elements that that made up what the Pay It Forward is, and you're hoping to uh, to coalesce all that energy and, and give it vision and direction. Where do you see Pay It Forward going? Um, in in a more um, not parallel path, but like like you just said, it more of a convert. Convergional? You know what I'm saying. More of 
just kind of some point in the near future, maybe months down the road or a year down the road, all kind of coming together. Um, with this movement, with like every movement, there's still a lot of ego involved. There's still a lot of people that want their idea to be the reason change is made. And I'm sure there's quite a few people that look at what I'm doing and say, this kid's full of shit. He's nothing but ego and he wants to make sure he's the reason that uh, the world changes. That's what they think. That's fine. Uh, there's a, you know, there's pay it forward day. There's pay it forward experience. There's pay it forward foundation. There's pay it forward bracelet. There's pay it forward um, food drives. There's pay it forward t-shirts. There's, there's so many Facebook groups and Twitter groups and all this and <clears throat> actions speak louder than words. And I have seen my fair share of people who claim they're doing this for the right reason and they start speaking differently or making different things or they start posting different things or they start selling something or you, you, you just can't lie about it. And I think the reason we've got so much momentum with what we're doing, more I believe more momentum than it's ever had since the movie and the book or even more than that is because people are sitting back waiting for us to trip up, say something wrong, sell a book or do this. And they're watching us day in and day out and realizing that we are doing this for the right reason. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, a lot of people want a face to a name. A lot of people want someone to look to for what's going on, who they can talk to, who they can get an email from, who's behind Twitter, who's behind this. And right now, it's, it's, it's me. It's the foundation. It's our board. And I just believe that at some point in the future, we will never tell any, ever. You will never hear me say anything to any, any other Facebook group or pay it forward or anything anyone's doing, pay it forward and say, don't do that. Or you need to do this, or you need to use our logo, or you need to use this or use this verbiage. Even if I don't agree with what they're doing with pay it forward, that's their thing. You'll never try to get, you'll never see me stop it. You'll never try to see me to do anything in a negative fashion. I'm hoping in the future that they will realize or see what we're doing and choose completely their choice, choose to join forces with us. So at some point in the future, we are an absolutely unstoppable force that people cannot ignore. And I believe that's going to happen. I've seen it happen in the past six months. What would the world look like if every single person believed that the way they treated one another was just the way that you lived your life? What do you think the world would look like? I think it would look the exact same that it is now, just with happier people. I, I don't think it would be just this crazy transformation. I don't think anything in our world has ever been a crazy transformation. There's simply too many people, too much things going on. I just think it would be um, just a shift in mindset. You would make better decisions. You would not lose your mind when someone cut you off. You would not, uh, you wouldn't hate your in-laws anymore that everyone talks about. You wouldn't, uh, hate your coworkers. You wouldn't be mad at the Verizon customer service girl that had nothing to do with you dropping your phone, but because she can't get you your phone in a day, you're going to freak out and yell at her. I think little things like that would go away. And I think those little things would lead to bigger things. And those bigger things would lead to a more peaceful planet. And again, that's probably where I lose a lot of people. I believe this movement can be involved by 7 billion people, whether you have money, whether you don't. This can be something that someone can go out, make someone smile, be a part of, help someone be their day, make their day better. And I believe this movement can lead from small 
to not so small, to medium, to not so medium, to bigger, to the point where it helps with no with less war or less conflict. I believe that the, the, the major problems we have in our world right now start with the simplest of things. And I believe the most, you know, like Dr. Seuss says, sometimes the uh, questions are complex, but the answers are simple. I think simplicity is what this world needs. And I think simplicity will solve some major, major problems. But right now, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just simply hoping that we can get people to be nicer and they can be in a better mindset and they can make better decisions and create better habits. And then we can move on to something else. We can move on to bigger problems. But I think if we can get people shifting at their core that the person who's going to solve the cure for cancer solves it. I think that person who wants to donate time to the homeless shelter but hasn't had time, I think they donate time now. I think that person who wants to give $5 to the Ronald McDonald house but said they couldn't afford it, I think if a stranger comes up, does something out of the kindness of their heart and gives that person hope, they donate. I think this movement can embodies everything good. And I think this movement can be the reason that everyone who's sitting on the fence that wants to do good for the world or claims that someday they're going to do something, I believe this movement can make someday be today. And imagine if more, if millions more people woke up today or tomorrow and, and someday was that day. They're going to go down and build an orphanage. They're going to go help. They're going to be nicer to the family. They're going to treat their neighbor better. They're going to go down and, and volunteer at the homeless shelter. They're going to figure out something for the water crisis. They're going to help the economy. I believe this movement can nudge people off that fence to the other side and make them realize it's not going to be the government. It's not going to be the wealthy. It's not going to be corporations. All of them together do not have the resources to fix our problems. We need 7 billion people to step up, and then we will have the resources to get rid of some of our worst problems. Well, Charlie, I really appreciate you giving us this time. I, 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 this is the first time I've done something like this with a radio interview where it's like a panel. So I, I was excited for it because there's so many different opinions and there's different things we can talk about. And that's what we need. We need discussion and we need people to just listen to different points of view and be okay with it. So I, I like this format. I really do. Well, thank you for being a part of it. And, uh, and as Leanne suggested, after your trip, it would be great to have you back on and share your experiences. Uh, it would be neat to see what has developed here in Williamsport, Pennsylvania since Pay It Forward Day at that point and, and uh, see where we are then. Yeah, I, I, I would love to be back on and, and like she said, it'd be curious. I'm, I'm also curious to see how they're going to um, accept it or not accept it. It'll be interesting to see you know, what they think. Hmm. And so for anyone else who, uh, who maybe didn't catch the earlier part of the program, where can people go to get more information about Pay It Forward? Uh, PIF, as in Pay It Forward, so PIFexperience.org. That has everything. That has the flash mob, has details of the Europe, the bracelets, the Pay It Forward Day. It's just a good congregation of everything Pay It Forward. Wonderful. Charlie, I, I, I can't say it enough. I really appreciate you being a part of this. Um, I feel like we had a, a connection immediately as we talked on the phone, and I, I hope to continue that in the future. We, we spoke more on the phone we did in this interview, so yep. yeah, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a safe, safe uh, journey, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Good night. Bye.